Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible.book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at chapters 1 through 7 of Leviticus, which is the third book of the Pentateuch, which means five scrolls. These five books are also called the books of Moses or the books of the law, and the Hebrew word for law is Torah. Hebrew usually accents the second half of the word, or I've also heard it called Torah. The first book, Genesis, means beginnings, and we have the creation of the world, the beginning of humanity, the first sin, which carried through to all humanity. From Adam and Eve to Cain and Abel, then Noah to Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, then the patriarchs of the Jews. Abraham had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob, whose name was changed by God to Israel. Israel had 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes of Israel. One of those sons was Joseph, which the Lord sent on ahead to Egypt because a severe famine was coming. Israel and all his family, 70 in all, came to Egypt to be saved from the famine. The Lord blessed them there and they increased until there was a Pharaoh that did not remember Joseph who saved them all. This Pharaoh enslaved the Jews and made their lives miserable, so they cried out to God. The Lord rose up Moses in the book of Exodus, and through his leadership, the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt. They exited the building. They walked through the wilderness toward the mount of God, and there the Lord gave Moses the Ten Commandments as well as other laws. The people said, we will obey, but it didn't take long for them not to obey. Some died due to their sin. Some instructions the Lord gave was how to build a tabernacle or a place for God to dwell in their midst. Exodus ended with the people obeying God's direction on how to build the things for the tabernacle. And in chapter 39, verse 32, it says, So all the work on the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, was completed. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses. Woo-hoo! They did something right. Then Moses took the stuff and put it all together. And chapter 40, verse 33 says, Then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and altar and put up the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard. And so Moses finished the work. Woo-hoo! They all worked hard and it was a job well done. It was finished. Then the glory of the Lord came down and filled the place. Now we have Leviticus. Leviticus is a book all on its own. And yet at the same time, it is a part of the big story of the Bible. When I thought of Leviticus before Old Testament class, I would associate it with the law. But truthfully, it is so much more than that. Now I think of the Levites, which is actually where the word comes from. Who were the Levites? They came from Israel's son, Levi, which was the tribe that Moses and Aaron came from. It was Aaron that the Lord chose to be the high priest and his sons would be the priest or the ones whom the Lord chose to be mediators between the Jewish people and a holy God. Dr. Betts from Old Testament class called them the local pastors. 
Something to note, the fact that not only did the Lord select men to be the priest, but only the Levites could be priests. This became my Old Testament reference as to why men should serve as head pastors of the churches. Now keep in mind, both the Old Testament and the New Testament have female prophets, and that is a different role. Now, before we jump into this book, I wanted to share with you that I had a conversation with a co-worker that grew up Baptist, and she no longer believes in God. And one comment she said was, I got so tired of people telling me I'm a sinner. I don't know about you, but I am usually very slow with responses. But I think a lot about how I should have responded. I too grew up in a Baptist church, but the thing that really saved me was my church encouraged me to read my Bible. When we read the Bible, also known to Christians as the Word of God, we hear from the Lord directly. That's why you should never just take my word or any other Bible teacher or pastor about anything. Always double check with the Bible. I have said many times that as a kid, I thought God was in heaven with an iron skillet just waiting for me to mess up and bang, you're a sinner. But the Old Testament book of Leviticus shows us that is not the case. It is true that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's found in the New Testament book of Romans chapter 3, verse 23. But even in the Old Testament, God made a way for us to approach him. He wants a relationship with his people. He does not desire for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9b. God made a way for atonement. It can be defined as at-one-ment with God. The root of the word means cover. He covers our sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, which brought sin to all humanity, he did not bop them over the head with an iron skillet and say, You sinners! What did he do? Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. God covered their shame. Yes, there were painful consequences to their sin, but God still wanted relationship with them, and he does with us too. Leviticus chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, also known as the tabernacle. He said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. Now that the tabernacle is built, the Lord dwells with them and Moses no longer has to climb up the mountain to talk with God. Now these seven chapters deal with the various offerings the people could bring to their God in order to have a right relationship with him. One other thing I want to point out goes back to the father of the Jewish people, Abraham. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 says, Abraham believed the Lord and he, God, credited it to him as righteousness. It is belief, faith in the Lord that saved them even in the Old Testament. The first offering mentioned is the burnt offering, and this shows complete dedication and surrender to the Lord. 
All the animals offered for all of the offerings were to be without blemish. They were to bring their best to the Lord. The Lord is very clear on what people should bring and all the people are to bring something. But depending upon their financial abilities, they were told what to bring. In the courtyard was the altar with horns on the four corners and the people were to bring their sacrifice, tie them up, lay their own hands on the head of the burnt offering and slaughter it. Then the priest would do his part and completely burn that offering. Chapter 2 covered the grain offering, and this was an offering of thanksgiving, also known as the first fruits, due to the wheat harvest. They brought their flour, cakes, and grains. Chapter 3 covered the fellowship offering. This was like the burnt offering, but instead of it being completely burned up, they gave some of the meat to the priest, and then the worshipers and guests could share in a meal. The people were not to eat any fat or blood from it, though, because it belonged to the Lord. Pastor Phil from summer camp pointed out that it was not the sin offering that began the list, but the burnt offering, the one that shows dedication and surrender. The fourth offering is the sin offering. A young bull without defect was to be brought for sacrifice in a similar way as the burnt offering. But one difference is that most of the bull was taken outside the camp to a place ceremonially clean where the ashes are thrown and burn it in a wood fire on the ash heap. Chapter 4 verse 12. The writer in the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 11 and 12 said, The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Jesus was crucified outside the city of Jerusalem and he became our sin offering for us so that we might become holy as he is. Something else that is interesting with the sin offering, even if they were unaware, they were still guilty because sin is still sin. Yet, when they realized it, then they give of the sacrifice. We also see that if the whole community sinned, God made a way for atonement. If a leader sins or a member of the community sins, there is a way of atonement. The guilt offering is similar, yet these are sins against people, and the Lord declared a need for restitution of 20% of whatever was damaged or stolen. With the sin offering and the guilt offering, we find the word atonement and forgiveness throughout. Chapter 4, verse 35, chapter 5, verse 10, then verse 13, then verse 16, then verse 18, and then chapter 6, verse 7. God desires forgiveness to all who confess and obey the Lord. Starting with verse 8 of chapter 6 through chapter 7 are instructions for Aaron and his sons, the priests, about what they are to do with each of these offerings. One thing I realized this time around is that the outer altar was to burn throughout the night till morning and the fire must be kept burning on the altar, chapter 6, verse 9. The priest's job was a 24-hour job while on duty. For every Girl Scout out there, you know you can't leave a fire while it's burning. 
We also see that it is the ashes from the burnt offering that the priests were to carry outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. And that is the place that the sin offering was taken. Chapter 6, verse 11. In these sections, the Lord points out what is holy and what is most holy, which is a key word in Leviticus. We also see that through the sacrifices, the priest and their families were fed. One phrase that is sprinkled throughout this whole section is an aroma pleasing to the Lord. It's found in chapter 1, verse 9, verse 17, chapter 2, verse 2, verse 9, chapter 3, verse 5, verse 16, chapter 4, verse 31, chapter 6, verse 15, and then verse 21. When they burnt either the meat or the bread, the aroma was pleasing to the Lord. When we lived in Mattoon, we lived by Linder's Bagels, and on days they baked bread, it smelled amazing. And I love the smell when people are grilling outside. That aroma makes me smile. When God's people made a sacrifice to the Lord in order to be right with the Lord, it does his heart good, and it is an aroma pleasing to the Lord. So let me ask you, what do your actions show about your heart, and are they pleasing to the Lord? Has the Lord brought to your mind a sin that you need to confess so that you can be forgiven? Do you realize that God does not want you to feel condemnation due to your sin, but he made a way for you to find forgiveness, and that is found through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, who died for you because he loves you. Have you heard his voice today? If yes, please don't harden your heart. Instead, let's be women who hear and obey so that we may experience God's forgiveness and his holiness. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.